You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. This episode of Breaking Down the Ring is brought to you by Chala Legal Group Estate Planning. Estate planning is for everyone. Whether you're worth $4,000 or $40 million, estate planning can help protect you, your family, and your assets while you're alive and well. Damn. To register for an upcoming workshop today, go to chalalegal.com slash workshops or call 586-273-7157. Again, that's chalalegal.com slash workshops or call 586-273-7157. I sure can fucking smell it, and I think you can too. It's Sunday, and there's only two of us here, and man, we've got a lot of wrestling to talk about. There was so much that happened over the course of the last week. Uh, Happy belated Thanksgiving to all of you and and your families, and hope you enjoyed the holiday, and man, I gotta go back to fucking work tomorrow. Um, Yeah, we're gonna talk Survivor Series, Monday Night Raw, the Wednesday Night Wars, fucking survivor series bray wyatt's new shitty looking title belt and all of that as we break the ring down Professional wrestler and professional podcaster Colt Boom Boom Cabana. My name is Killer Cross. This is the Smoke Show, Scarlet Bordeaux. What's up, guys? The After Machine, Brian Cage. This is Ryan from Pro Wrestling Tees. Sadly, you are not listening to the art of wrestling, but you made a decent choice because you're listening. You are now listening to. And you're listening. And you're listening to. You listen to Breaking Down the Ring. 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 Bring it down. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Let me see if I can do this right. What's up, everybody? I'm trying to get as intense as uh, as the all Mikey one. What was that? Never gonna happen. Fuck. I, I just good, I can't. It was a nice try, though. I'll, you know nice what? Try. And I can only keep practicing and try and get better from there. But hey, this is the first time you've been running the board, and we haven't had like technical difficulties. Fuck so yeah! I, I applaud you. Smooth. Sailing so far. <laughs> we'll see how the rest of it goes. Um, what's up, guys? It's Sunday, and uh, Mikey is not here. He um, had a lot going on this week, busy week, and you know, unfortunately, he's not able to join us. And neither is I heard, I heard him and Smitty were snuggling. That's why they're they here. probably still are. Yeah, they're making that yeah. swirl. Ugh. What's wrong Lord. with the swirl? Everybody that's loves not, a swirl. Just, I got a weird image in my head. <laughs> You're welcome. Whew, I'm out of breath. Um, but we are your ring crew. Uh, your ring crew, Champ Z, a.k.a. Dasmarka. <laughs> and I am not Nick Aldis. No, you're and not? I am not. Oh, damn it. I wanted that 10 pounds oh. of gold. Not today. You've got about 14 pounds of gold right there. <clears throat> no, this is 14 pounds of zinc. There's the difference. Zinc. Zinc, okay. yeah. 
Zinc for what? the for the <clears throat> Nazd. <clears throat> Zinc for Z. Our current ring crew and new ring crew champion. Also the, the youngest person to ever hold this belt. Ever. 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 Long as Smitty never touches it. Congratulations to you. Uh, it actually came down to the wire last week. Um, we were at the Survivor Series event in downtown Detroit at Buffalo Wild Wings, and uh, you know we really did wait till that main event to to kind of see how things would play out. Well, we thought <coughs> we thought I was running away with it. Yeah, and for a while it looked like it. Well, and at the beginning of that show, I was running away with it. Yeah, it uh, it did get close. But nonetheless, and I fucked Smitty over by two points, and there's no better way to win the belt, in my opinion. <laughs> well, uh, coming in December, we will have only one event for that belt. No way. Which will be tables, ladders, and chairs on December. No Starcade tonight for anybody? I don't know. There's no card for it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's a, it's a network exclusive. A glorified house show. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we uh, we do have a lot to talk about, and before I get into, before we get into, sorry, all the shows this week, um, I want to remind everybody that we started doing something new with uh, Breaking Down the Ring next day. <clears throat> you can find it on our YouTube channel. There are videos that talk about our reactions, our individual reactions for each show this week. Um, I think right now we have one for Raw, Impact, NXT. Um, I think yeah, it's, it's <clears> the only one you don't have shows for are the ones I was supposed to do, and my God, phone doesn't damn work. It. Damn it! Did you, did Mikey, show <clears throat> you that video? No, I uh, I did like a, I think it was like three and a half minutes on power because there wasn't really it was a recap show, so it wasn't really much to talk about at oh, okay. all. And <clears throat> I do the video and I try and download it to that Dropbox thing, and it didn't work. Um, oh, I I have a Dropbox, so I was trying to link up the two, and I couldn't figure it out. So then I just sent it to Mikey, and I was like, you know, I didn't even, like, listen to it. So I go to listen to it, and all you hear is, like, wind in the background, <laughs> and you can't hear anything I say. And it's the weirdest thing, because my – if I record something or I summon Siri, it doesn't work. But I can talk on speakerphone, and I can talk on the phone. So my phone's got to have two different microphones set up. That's really weird. Yeah, that's what Mikey said. I was like, I don't know, man. It's been like this for a while now. So that's why we only have certain videos because the ones I was supposed to cover didn't get covered. Well, hopefully as the weeks go on, we'll be able to get more videos up. Um, but, yeah, definitely go check them out. And, you know, it's nice because it's uh, one guy giving their recap and their breakdown of uh, of the following nights, excuse me, the previous night shows. Um, yeah, I did mine for NXT, and, and it was a lot of fun. And I went a little overboard. I went about 15 minutes, and I was like, by the time it was around 10 minutes, I'm like, man, I'm only halfway through the show. So, <laughs> um, but at any rate, so Survivor Series, last Sunday, we're going to talk about it, and we were downtown Detroit. Uh, thanks to everybody that showed up to that event. It's a huge event. Uh, we had a lot of really cool giveaways. We did Smack Talk Showdown. Shout out to those guys. We had some people doing uh, cutting their own promos, and um, I think those are going to be posted pretty soon, too. That should be pretty cool. So. Um, but Survivor Series overall, I thought it was a good show. Um, I, I don't think that it was anything terrible. It wasn't. No, great. it was one of, one of the better shows they've put on this year. Yeah. And for the first time in a long time, especially with that NXT angle, I was actually looking forward to watching Survivor Series to see what happened. 
Yeah, same. I mean, here. NXT still stole. Like, not. I'm not even talking about them winning Survivor Series. I'm talking about War Games was better than, sure. you know, Survivor Series, which at this point is just a given. Yep. Um, but Survivor Series was still a solid show from top to bottom. I think I was definitely more excited this year, like you said, with that NXT angle, and um, it it definitely brought a new flavor to it, and it made it a little more compelling for me, a lot more compelling. Um, so I hope that they keep that up in the next uh, next year, and I think they will. I don't think there's any reason to go away from that. Um, but the show opened up. Actually, there were a couple matches on the pre-show. Um, we had the uh, cross-branded tag team battle royal. Um, there was a lot going on there. Uh, Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode ended up winning that. Um, I think that was for that was for a trophy, wasn't it? No. Okay. So no, the OC there. came out first, so that was the trophy gotcha, they won. Gotcha. Um, but I couldn't like the way they portrayed it. It looked like they were like putting their trophy up, like yeah. for defense, and whoever won that one won the trophy. At least that's the way they made it seem. They never said it. But they showed that trophy quite a bit. Yeah. But uh I you know, going into Raw or SmackDown, you, you didn't see that trophy, so I I don't they either abandoned that idea or that was never the idea in the first place. Yeah. And uh for a while the Street Profits actually looked like they were gonna win that one, but um Ziggler and Rude did take the win. It wasn't a real big story there. Um it was just more so to me, just kinda filling time. But, yeah, it was a clusterfuck and yeah. They did an hour and 10 minutes before the main show. Yeah. So really, I mean, and with the extra time, I think I think when all three matches were done, there was like 40 minutes left till the start of the show. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I didn't really like the Battle Royal to begin with. I thought it was a dumb idea. Yeah. But now looking back, like if you gave it 20 more minutes, it, it could have been interesting, you right. know. But it all happened really quick. Um, Akira Tozawa, Leo Rush, and Kalisto for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. And uh, Leo Rush ended up uh, getting the win there. That was a decent match. <clears throat> yeah, that was a good match. And it seems like a lot of these, uh, the Cruiserweight guys are always going to put on really good matches. So um, good way to get things going on the pre-show again after that dud of a battle royal. Um, then we saw the Viking Raiders versus Undisputed Era versus the New Day. And they got Raw's only win. The only win for Raw. So when Seth was didn't do- even come on the main show. Well, when Seth was doing that thing, he was like, "All you guys let me down, blah blah blah." And I really thought the Viking Raiders were gonna get in the ring and be like, "Fuck you, we won." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? Um, they did get the win over the New Day and Undisputed Era. Um, it was um, who did they pinned Kofi? Didn't they? No. Anyway, um, the women's uh, traditional Survivor Series match opened the show. Um, this one for me was was okay. I, I think I don't think it was great, um, but we did see a lot happening with, uh, especially on the the Raw team, Oscar spewing into Charlotte's face and bolting. After that, she just bailed on their team. Um, the NXT team, <clears throat> the NXT women got the win Yes, to did. open up the pay-per-view. And what a huge victory that was, especially, I mean, for Rhea Ripley, especially, man, they are pushing her hard, and I love it. 
Yeah, perfect. No, she's going to be a star for sure. Um, so Rhea Ripley, Io Shirai, and Candice LeRae were all the survivors from uh, Team NXT, and they actually, Io Shirai and Candice LeRae, dipped out in the middle of the match for, looked to be like they had gotten injured. Yeah, they did that Royal Rumble spot yeah. where they took a 45-minute break and came back. Yep, and uh, they actually, they, they helped win that match. So, I mean, they won it. NXT women up one nothing. Well, one zero one. Yeah, technically. <clears throat> um, then we had AJ Styles, Roderick Strong, and Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, this was a bit of a dream match for a lot of people, and the match was was great. I was gonna pick Roddy to win too. <clears throat> I was kind of mad I didn't, but Me I was. Too. But I was like, all right, if one, if you know, if you're gonna lose a match as NXT, like this is probably the match. Especially yeah. AJ Styles is in the match. So at this point, Roderick Strong wins the match, and NXT is up 2-0 to 1. No, they, it's 2-1-1. Two, 2-1. One, one. Two, one. Yeah, because Bobby Roode and Dolph won that tag team match. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, That yeah, was yeah. for SmackDown. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it was 2-1-1. Two, right. two, one, one. Well, to kick or, off. Or no, 3-1-1. One, one. To kick off the pay-per-view, NXT has got a huge edge here. Yep. So <clears throat> were you surprised at all? Yeah, no. No? I I am I'm not surprised the way the results came out because NXT is your newest product to TV. So how do you get your ratings up? You put them the fuck over on your main stage. So now your main roster fans, the people that watch Raw and SmackDown that may not watch NXT now are like, oh shit, NXT's the shit. Like I'm gonna tune in on Wednesday. So I so I'm not surprised there. I'm kind of surprised that I thought SmackDown was going to take the whole thing just because SmackDown on Fox, again, ratings, like you'll make them better because, I mean, you're already locked in Monday Night Raw in USA. People are going to tune in regardless. Yep. <clears throat> um. So, no, not really surprised. I am surprised at how much of a landslide it was. Landslide. Like I thought it would come down to like the final win. And it didn't. I mean, NXT basically had it wrapped up going into the final match. I would agree. Um, I I wasn't surprised, but I think a lot of people were, especially the casual fans, because, you know, there's a lot of people like us that don't get around to watching all this shit every single week. Right, but your casual fan is the the person you're you're reaching for with this win by NXT, like, <clears throat> like I know Raw, I know SmackDown. Like I tune in every once in a while. Who the fuck are these guys, and why the fuck are they kicking ass? And and that really says it all because yeah, I think that it was very smart to put NXT over. Yep, very smart, especially the way they did the angle and the takeover and all that. And I mean, you you got to give it up to these NXT competitors because a lot of them, majority of them, were in matches. Mm-hmm. the night before and brutal matches at that like uh adam cole went through a fucking table off the top <laughs> of the cage the night before and still wrestled a full match with pete Dunne. it wasn't it wasn't quick and it was a very competitive match it wasn't one-sided or anything like that so props to those two and and that's our next match that we'll talk about adam cole over Pete Dunn in what was in many people's eyes match of the, the match night. of the night. Yeah, yeah by far. Um, and yeah, just like you said, Adam Cole Saturday night 
in a fucking war games match going through a table and then to fight a guy like Pete Dunn less than 24 hours later at that point. Um, oh, and they put on a show, man. <laughs> yeah. They, they're, they went balls to the wall. They didn't give a fuck. And it was, uh, again, best match of the night, best singles match of the night, best championship match of the night. I mean, any way you want to cut it, it was the best match, hands down. Um, there was a high spot in that match where Adam Cole hit Pete Dunne with the Panama Sunrise on the side of the ring. The hardest part of the ring. <clears throat> the hardest part of the ring. And they're doing that more and more. But this one in particular drew a huge pop from the crowd. Fuck a lot yeah, of dude. holy shit chants. And so, yeah, it was um, definitely a match of the night. Then we moved on to the Universal Championship match, Daniel Bryan and The Fiend. Let me in. Um, Lights go out, of course. Wrestling in the red, red lights. Um, this match wasn't bad. Um, no, but it was the same thing as Seth. Like Daniel got all his shit in. We thought he was going to win the match, and then you know what normally puts people down for five seconds puts the fiend down for two, mm-hmm. and the fiend just kept coming. I mean, definitely played to the character that Bray's trying to portray. Um. Well, like you said, it wasn't a bad match, but until they find a person or new ego, so to say, to like go blow to blow with the fiend, I don't think you're gonna see a really good match. You know what I mean? You'll, right. you'll, you'll see brutality and mm-hmm. you'll you'll see high spots, and, but I don't see you. I don't think you'll see a well put together match. Until they find somebody that the fiend can finally sell for, and you know, I wasn't, I wasn't invested in this match from the minute that they put it together. I am now, though, especially after, yeah. after especially after all the whatever happened on SmackDown. Uh, I'm invested in it now. Yep. Um, <clears throat> but <clears throat> sorry to cut you off, but no, you're fine. but yeah, they kind of just threw this one together, like oh. These two have history. We can play off right. of that and blah, blah, blah. Even um, if it is a little bit. But now with uh, the Yes movement coming back and just kind of, I that's cool. They can ride this one out to Rumble. And, and I'm cool with that because really anybody you put up against the Fiend right now is going to lose. Yes. Like, I mean, your two top guys in Seth and Brian – um, I, I mean, you could do a Roman Reigns angle, but it's going to be the same thing. He's going to take 18 fucking pu- Superman punches and 13 spears and still pop right back up and give him the mandible claw. So at this point, you're just feeding him superstars. Right. So let him and Daniel have a little, little run. Um, I, I, w- <clears throat> I want to talk more about feeding him superstars. We'll talk about that when we get to SmackDown because there was an interesting tweet about um, the guys that Bray has faced since his Fiend character came about, but we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Um, Team Raw, Team NXT, Team SmackDown. In the uh, the men's elimination match, um, the match itself, it was a pretty, pretty good match. It wasn't anything crazy. My... my uh, my standout, one of my standout moments happened towards the beginning, and I, I was actually kind of shocked. Walter getting eliminated first. 
I feel like that made him look a little weak. Um, uh. Drew, Drew, and now okay, Drew McIntyre put him out, so not necessarily that weak. But but the, at this uh, at this point in time, who the fuck is Drew McIntyre? They haven't right. been doing anything. You know what I mean? They're like, yes. yeah, I mean, we get it. He He's really tall, and he's in really good shape, and he looks like a badass. But from what, the way they've been, I mean, he wasn't on TV for the longest time until right. Survivor Series, and maybe he was injured or not. But you, it's not like you brought him back and put him in squash matches and made him look like this big badass again. Like, you just put him in there and had him eliminate Walter. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I get it. But at the same time, uh, I don't think it makes I, I don't think it makes anybody look weak in a Survivor Series match because I, I mean, in same match, Kevin Owens went out relatively quickly too from yeah. from basically nothing. Like there was no big move or anything like that. I think it was a frog splash that took him out, uh-huh. if I remember correctly. Um, so I mean, you had a lot of top guys getting eliminated by bullshit strictly because that's the format of a Survivor Series match. Sure. So to the casual fan, yeah, they'll be like, oh, well, fuck this Walter guy. But to like someone like us, um, I don't think it makes him look weak. I, I, There's not really a storyline here other than brand versus brand versus brand. Yeah. There's not – there's no buildup or – I mean, you had the, the NXT angle, mm-hmm. which was slight buildup, but as far as like progressing storylines it didn't matter if walter went out first or last right because it's not you know he's off in uk doing something else you know so and and honestly i agree with that um i think you're right from the casual fan perspective it does kind of make him look like bullshit but from the perspective of people that are watching all of this stuff and following nxt uk you know it really don't fucking mean anything um Ultimately, Team SmackDown got the win. Um, the The final few minutes of this match were some of the best moments of the night next to the Adam Cole and um, uh, Pete Dunn match. I think that I think that they really got Keith Lee over. Um, yeah, because it was Keith Lee, Seth Rollins, and Roman Reigns. So yep. Face of a brand, face of a brand, and Keith Lee. And Keith Lee's been hot lately. Uh-huh. And him and Roman being the last two, I, I mean, honestly, I, I knew I should have fucking picked Roman Reigns, and I had him on my card. I changed it up, I, and that's what I picked because I went, when I, <clears throat> when I did my scorecard originally, I was like, oh, Roman Reigns is going to win the match. Yep. Roman Reigns is going to have the most elimination. You know what I mean? I'm just yeah. doing Typical WWE booking. Then I was like, no, this is going to be the match that gives NXT the win. So I had the NXT men winning. I had Keith Lee going over Roman Reigns, which is fucked up in general. But I was like, that's a great way to put him over, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, man. I mean, I still won the championship, <laughs> but I was still like, man, I, I I had everything picked out. Roman, Roman being the last man standing, sole survivor, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You were close. You were real close. And I, there was a minute or two there where I was like, damn, are they really going to, like, they, they got me. I'm not going to lie. They got me for a minute because it just, but, yeah, I did. I had SmackDown. I had Roman Reigns. Um, I don't remember who I had getting the most eliminations. But then all of a sudden I'm like, you know what, fuck it. Let's change it to NXT. Let's, let's, 
Let's do that. And that was a bad idea. Um, <laughs> yep. So, yeah, Team SmackDown ended up getting the win. Roman Reigns uh, pinned Keith Lee. Uh, great way to end that match. Keith Lee is definitely um, definitely somebody that's really hot in the company right now that's, that's doing a lot of really good things. So um, then we ended up going into um, the no-holds-barred match, Rey Mysterio and Brock Lesnar. Um, this was a pretty quick match. Um, wasn't too bad. The story wasn't really too bad. Dominic coming out. Um, do you really think they were trying to mock AEW? I mean, well, so I didn't when it first happened. Like that didn't even cross my mind. Yeah. And then everyone started bringing it up on, you know, the interwebs and then WWE put out a post that said, Throwing the white towel, not in WWE. Really? <laughs> so I'm I'm wondering I I'm wondering if the spot was meant to take a dig at them or if they just saw what was happening and like everyone thought they were taking a dig at them. So they're like, yeah, fuck it, let's go on the bandwagon. Maybe it just worked out that way. Like, yeah, coincidentally. Because I mean, for this particular match, it would make sense for Dominic to like throw in the white towel against yeah. Brock Lesnar. Uh, the MJF Cody one from Full Gear, and that didn't really make sense to me at all. Like I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, but when you know somebody's beating up your dad mercifully, like yeah, throw in the towel, blah blah blah. But again, I mean, WWE is petty. So, well, now that you say that, I didn't know that about that tweet, and I still I'm not a hundred percent on board with the fact that it was a deliberate dig. But I think it was just right place, right time, and they were like, "Yeah, fuck it." Like you said, let's just yeah. The the, <clears throat> the tweet is uh, it's a picture of Brock holding the lead pipe, and Dominic's in the ring on his knees holding the towel, and the caption above it says, "Throwing the towel?" Question mark dot dot dot. Not in w not in at WWE. Yeah. Um, I think though overall the match wasn't wasn't as bad as I initially. I didn't think it was going to be bad. I just wasn't invested in it. But um, did I, you at ever at any point think Ray was going to go over during the match? Ever? No. Like start of match, beginning of the match. No, I, I thought it got a little interesting with Dominic down there, and I think that's one thing that WWE does. I don't want to say well, but they do it good, is that they get those casual fans to the point where they believe that Rey Mysterio, I mean, when you have somebody, you know, Dominic's in the ring, what a story that would be for those two to overcome and beat fucking Brock Lesnar. But Yeah, but it was an ODQ match. So were you right. were you waiting for Shane Velez, Velasquez? No. No? You weren't waiting for Shane to come out? Nope. What about... I mean, did you think at some point when they made it a no DQ match that there would be something like that? That I mean, you make it a no DQ match, so then it's believable that Ray could like hold his own against Brock Lesnar, right? But then, so there's no no time in your mind did you ever think that someone was going to interfere in this match? Honestly, no. I just thought it would be a lot of weapons and. It wasn't even that many weapons. No, but I, I because I don't know if they want to make Ray out to look like somebody that needs that much help. I mean, they already did it with Kane Velasquez. He's a pissed off Mexican. Yeah. They're they're doing a perfect job. Yeah. 
getting getting all his fucking. He came out as Mexican out. Joker. They could have used any weapon they wanted. To. El Doinko. Um, Doinko. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, and I definitely didn't think that he was going to get the win at any time, but they definitely they baited a lot of people, I think, into feeling that way. Um, I I had an inkling. I thought maybe they might do it. I mean, obviously, on my scorecard, I picked Brock. But I did have an inkling that, all right, well, they might take the title off of Brock and give it to Ray, which wouldn't be bad. Yeah. Then they gave Ray a different title on Monday. Kind of like, I feel like it's a send-off type thing for Ray. What? The, the new title? Giving him the, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about yeah. it. It was wrong. So anyway, Brock did get the win. Um, <clears throat> Dominic came out and tried to help his dad and ultimately did not work out very well. Um Becky Lynch, Shayna Baszler, and Bailey in the main event of Survivor Series 2019. This match uh, fell kind of flat. I was going to say that. Um, I had higher hopes for it, but it seems like anytime Becky Lynch is in one of these triple threat match, really any of them, honestly, except for Bailey. I think Bailey's in ring work usually is pretty solid. Um, Bay, excuse me, Becky or Shayna get in one of these triple threat matches, the match just kind of falls flat, like I said. Um, Shayna Baszler ended up getting the win, and uh, she made Bailey tap. Yeah, had that. <clears throat> check, check, and check. Yep. Um, that's really what got El Naz the victory. Um, because Yeah, and you know what it wasn't? It wasn't uh, ba- Bailey's Corbin stomach. <laughs> it was not that. Hmm. The Almighty one picked Bailey to win this match. Um, I don't think that was a bad pick, but I don't know. Well, it clearly wasn't the right one. <laughs> <laughs> clearly. <clears throat> Thus leading to the youngest ever person to hold the new Breaking Down the Ring championship belt. Love how many different disclaimers we have to put in that. The youngest person to ever hold this particular belt right here. <laughs> um, yeah, so overall, the match did call, uh, fall a little flat. It um, Becky Lynch ended up beating the fuck out of Shayna Baszler after the match was over. Uh, and then, this is my fucking show. Give yes. me my motherfucking belt. <laughs> Right on camera. Good Love job, it. Becky. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the Survivor Series overall, it was solid. It was a, a good show. One of the better shows WWE has put on this year. So um, I, I don't think that they should have had that as the main event. I think it's a little disappointing. I think you keep the man, the the, ma- the male uh, elimination match as the main event. I don't, I don't mind. Well... Considering the fact that it is Survivor Series, yeah, one of the traditional Survivor Series matches probably should have closed the show. Mm-hmm. I didn't have an issue with the women main eventing the show. I did have an issue with how how generic of a match they put on compared to and, – and this even goes back to Saturday. Like you're competing with NXT TakeOver and the job they did, and then you're competing with the likes of – Adam Cole and Pete Dawn or yeah. e- even Ray and Brock wasn't a bad match. No. I mean, it, it, it was believable. You know what I mean? Um, and Daniel Bryan and the fiend, well, again, not a bad match, a little, 
a little too much no selling, but I get it. That's part of the gimmick. But with the women, like, I was like, I was kind of excited. I was like, oh, this match is going to be really good. Like, it, it's three of your top talent, your top female talents. Yes. Um, One is the most over person in wrestling right now, mm-hmm. Becky Lynch. Bailey's been your best worker for as long as I could remember. She just... Her character sucks, yep. so nobody gets behind her. She should have stayed in NXT longer or never came up to the main roster. And then you have Shayna Baszler, <laughs> who they have built up to be a badass. And they've done a hats off to Triple H. He, know, he knows what he's doing. I mean, if we didn't know it before with this whole invasion angle and all that, he knows what he's doing as far as the smart crowd. Yeah. Um. Not to say Vince knows what he's doing with the casual fans, but Triple H is like, oh, I'm going to put on a show for people who love wrestling. And that's what he does. And that's what he builds these characters to be. So, and I don't know, and I don't know if it was the women that were the cause of it going flat. Like, that's a long day, man. The f- Five o'clock. Wait, well, what time was it? 10, 30, 11 o'clock. It's your last match of the night. Like. The crowd might have just been exhausted or out of it. Like, yeah. And those women, the way all of them work, there's really no high spots in there to to bring the fans back up. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to see a Canadian destroyer on the ramp with these three women. You're going to see a ground and pound technical match. So it brings you back to like old school wrestling, which that also could have been a factor. Like, you had all these all these high spots all night, and then the women come in and just do a generic match. So, And it's not to take away from the women at all, because I do think that they are capable of maining event, any pay-per-view in the, in the right, with the right match. Um, it just, it didn't work. Not you this know, one, no. Not this one. Um, okay, so that leads us to Monday Night Raw. Um, Monday Night Raw, and, and we're going to try and keep the recaps of the shows a little bit shorter just because we've done, you know, we're starting the next day thing, and, you know, anybody that's watched that already, you know. They, they, what you know, day? Next right. day? Um, but Seth Rollins started things out with a town hall meeting in the middle of the ring, and he basically told everybody that they suck. And called Dominic a stupid kid, and... um. He called out a lot of people and put it all out there. Uh, ultimately, Kevin Owens was the last man standing, and you know he's not going to put up with that shit. And I, I like what they're doing here with with Kevin Owens. Um, I'm really glad that he's back in the mix of things. And um, but this ultimately led to a Kevin Owens Seth Rollins match later on in Raw. Um. It appears as though Seth Rollins is turning heel. No, he is. He's full blown heel now. So is this good yes. for his character? Yes. Um face face Seth Rollins is like face Randy Orton. You only do it in certain occasions and you don't do it for long because neither one of them are a good face. Randy knows how to get a pop like a cheap pop like he did coming out for the U.S. title match. Um, but they're both natural heels. And with turning 
Seth, I mean, I was getting bored with Seth being a baby face and uh-huh. all pulling at your heartstrings and all this generic, like it, he just doesn't sell it well, but he does sell being an asshole really well. And then you go to his comments on Twitter towards fans and like how he sometimes loses his temper and goes off on fans and then has to apologize. Well, now he doesn't have to apologize because mm-hmm. he's basically just stood in the ring and said everything he's been saying to fans on social media in the ring to his coworkers. And, but now you have a matchup of heel Rollins versus face Kevin Owens. And you have a different mixture of matches you can do now. And, and Seth was always a good heel. I mean, I became a Seth Rollins fan after he turned on the shield and stole the title and did his little thing with J and J security or the corporation or the authority or whatever the fuck they were calling them at the time. Um, Seth, to me, Seth is just a natural heel. So he's going back to his ways. Plus it opens up so many more ma- matchups between heel and baby face. And if you're going to push Kevin Owens as your baby face, he needs a strong opponent and who better than Seth Rollins as a heel. Yes. And I, I fully agree. I like Seth Rollins a lot. I didn't really mind him as a face. I like his face, in-ring but, ability. I don't yeah. really like his character work. But his, there are those guys, like you said, Seth Rollins, Randy Orton, certain guys of that caliber that just can't get over as a face. And he was for a little while. Um, he would get huge pops from the crowd. And then he won the title know. from Brock. And from there, it was, I love this show. It, it was just over-the-top yeah, face where like when Randy was a face, we used to call him Blandy Borton because he <laughs> he was boring. Like and Blandy. Seth was getting boring because you can only do so many things as a face as a heel. You can explore options and piss people off in different ways. Whereas as a face, you have to kind of stick to the narrative so you stay face and you don't go into that gray area. Yeah, and so I do like where they're going with this. I think it's a smart move at this point because they're not oversaturating him. They already hit that boiling point with the fan base that he started to get booze as a face. You know, people are are done with it. And with, oh, he was getting booed out the building the past couple of weeks. Yeah, so, so fuck it. He already turned to me. <laughs> yep, it's it's good timing to do it. Um, because if they let it go too long, like I feel like they let Roman Reigns go too long. Not to say that he turned from heel to face, but. Um, <clears throat> it, it just it's it's gonna get real bad for him. So um, we did see Bobby Lashley um, defeat Titus O'Neil by disqualification because and then, then Rusev broke his restraining order. Rusev broke his restraining order um, against Lana. He's got to stay within uh, I don't know 90, 90 feet. feet. Well, was it, what what did she say? She said. 90 miles at first. Yeah, 90 miles. And yeah. he's like, uh, no, it's 90 feet because yeah. that makes for a good show. He can be. And then she like kind of played it off like she, oh, yeah, she's fucking dumb. I can't stand her. Um, <clears throat> so, but at any rate, Rusev ended up getting arrested because he beat the fuck out of Lashley and broke his restraining order. But um, finally, we got to see some action. Yes. Where Rusev doesn't look like a bitch either. Like, yeah. And it was good. Like, you bring him back the Bulgarian brute. Um, I love how she tried to get him deported, though. They need to send him back to... <laughs> they need to fire him from WWE and send him back to Bulgaria. Bitch, oh, he's from Miami. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
then we had Authors of Pain in action against Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. I did not see this match because this is uh, this was not on Hulu. This was a non-Hulu match. This was, so at the end where they come out for the main event, it was on Hulu. The Authors of Pain won. So, quick side note. Since, I mean, we have all the time in the world mm-hmm. today. If you, so I have, I got rid of cable and I got the Hulu live with the D, the unlimited DVR and cloud and basically a bundle package got a great deal on it. And if I record a show and watch it before 6am the next day. So like, let's say I record raw and I wake up at three o'clock in the morning and watch it before work. I can watch all three hours of it. But if they release the Hulu edited version, they doctor my recorded version to be that version. What? Yep. <laughs> so if I, if I record Monday night raw, if I can like, let's say for example, like, Oh, I'm not going to be home between eight or 11. So I can go back and watch it. Um, let's say I start at 10 o'clock to one o'clock. I can watch the whole show all three hours of it. If I go to sleep and I wake up at 6 a.m. because that's normally when they like upload stuff to Hulu, they I'll go to my stuff and I'll click on my recorded shit and it'll be the hour and a half version that Hulu puts out the day after. That's fucking weird. Uh-huh. And like same with NXT. So NXT, I haven't been watching NXT day of. I've been watching Dynamite day of and yep. then going back and watching NXT either after or the next day. If I wait to the next day, I only get one hour of NXT. They they take the two hours and they condense it to an hour, which with commercial breaks and everything, it's you're not missing much. It's like when they condense SmackDown to an yeah. hour and a half instead of two hours. Like sweet, you cut out a bunch of commercials. Sure, um, but with Raw, it sucks because you're it's literally half the show. So there were certain things that oh, uh, it was either you or Mikey tweeting out the day before, like. One was uh, about the authors of pain not having tactical vests anymore, and I was like, "Well, they came out in their suits." Like, like I, I was missing something. Yeah, but I knew they cut it because I started. Wa- I, I had Wilder's eye Monday, so I like oh. I, I couldn't I couldn't see anything. I like bright light hurt my eyes, so like I started watching Raw. And that match came on. It was like the second match of the night: Authors of Pain versus Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. But I ended up falling asleep during it. Well, I'll watch it later. It wasn't on Hulu. And I, I knew that was one of the things cut because I was like, wait a minute. They skipped over this whole thing. That's really weird. I, I wonder I wonder why they do that. I'm really interested to find that out. Um, I well, mean, I mean, I, th- I don't know why they do it, but at least condense it to two hours. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. You have SmackDown, which is a two-hour show, and you condense that to an hour and a half. Cool. You cut, like, two segments off of that. You know what I mean? With Raw, it's half the show, literally. Well, and who's ultimately deciding what it is that they cut? If they have to cut stuff for whatever reason. But now now let me ask you this question, right? You're a casual fan, and you're like me. You cut cable, so you watch it on Hulu, and you watch it the day after. So all you see is the same fucking people that you've seen before. So you're seeing nothing new. So you don't get to see the authors of pain or Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawking as like, to me, 
these are the things I would want the casual fan to see. I would yeah. want the casual fan to see the AOP and new faces so they don't just turn on and, oh, same old shit and, and keep scrolling. Right. You know, like, oh, wait, who are these big-ass guys and why are they in the ring beating the hell out of these? St-? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but they cut that from Hulu. So you're not gaining any casual support from Hulu. And, I mean, that's kind of the way the world's going is, you know, cable cut. Uh-huh. Um, so you, it, it would almost be in their benefit just to give the whole show with their slight edits. Like I saw, I realized probably about two years ago that they started editing stuff on Hulu when Goldberg came back. Do you remember this at all? So Goldberg comes back and he goes to hit a spear and he falls in the ring. Like, Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. He falls all over himself. And I was like, Holy shit. So I want to go back and watch it. And I watched the Hulu version, and it's him getting into the ring, and he looks up from the ring, and they chop and paste, and it looks like he just hits them with a spear out of nowhere. There's no really? dialogue before it, no nothing. And I was like, okay. That's fucking weird. Well, they add, they definitely add in the uh, generic audio. For oh, I'm sure, sure. For sure. I'm sure. I wonder what they do on, uh, like, YouTube, like, because on YouTube TV, because you can do the same thing with YouTube TV. I wonder if they cut it down an hour and a half. Yeah. Anybody that knows, comment on our video. And, and if you yes, have. Yes, please. If, if you know yeah. where I can watch Raw, the full three it, hours of it the next day, let me know. Um, so we, uh, moving on. We had uh, the AOP. They did get the win in that one. It was a squash match over uh, Hawk and Ryan. Hawker? Hawkins and Ryder. Uh, Andrade and Akira Tozawa. This match was pretty solid. Also Um, cut from Hulu. um, Which is really shitty because from the online shit I read about this match, this match was really fucking good. It was really good. Um, Andrade did get the win. Um, you know, no one really expected to, but again, to okay. Win, but and and sorry, but this brings me back to my point. Like, this is what you want your casual fan to watch. This Andrade is going to be the new face of your company at some point. They're grooming him to be it. So why wouldn't you want him to be on all all platforms right. all the time? Like, yeah, shove him down my throat because he's new. Right. Um, what about Buddy Murphy and Matt Hardy? Nope. So it was the, you you saw Joe's thing in the chat about uh the deletion. Yeah, about it being yeah. deleted from <laughs> yeah. again. It's literally those three matches were in a row and they were not on the Hulu yeah. version. Um I mean that match wasn't anything to write home about, but you did see um Alistair Black come out at the end and you I mean, knocked on my door. Yeah, yep. so I went back I obviously I'm a wrestling nerd. I, I read read the notes, I watch other, you know, recap show. I yep. was Watching other recap shows this year, this week, to kind of get an idea of what I was going to do for my little video before it didn't work. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so I mean, I had a good idea of what happened on Raw. It just sucks that they cut out all the new talent. Yeah, it's from not, the Hulu version, especially when they're you know trying to push guys like Andrade, Alistair Black, and yeah, they're, they're not getting the exposure. Yeah, guys like Buddy Murphy. I mean, Buddy Murphy. Yeah. Um. Ricochet, Randy Orton uh, against Drew McIntyre and Rey Mysterio. Oh, excuse me. This was a fatal four-way, four-way. fatal four-way match for the number one contendership for AJ Styles United States Championship. This match was uh, another solid match. Tell me they didn't cut this one. No, no. This. So now I do have a question. On the live Raw show, was it the fatal four-way right into 
The championship match? Yes. Okay, so like they did the match, the winner, and then the winner literally was in the ring and AJ comes out and then they have the match? Yeah, there was a commercial, I think. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying there wasn't a match in between it. No. Then this was completely on Hulu. Yep. Um, But it's AJ Styles and Rey Mysterio. like, Or, you know, the other four were all main event people. Um, Yeah, Rey Mysterio did get the the win in that match. Um, Humberto Carrillo was supposed to be involved in the Fatal 4-Way, I believe. But then he got... No, he was... Okay, so the way it worked out... Is Humberto Carrillo was supposed to have a United States that's championship right, match right, against right. AJ Styles. He got hurt. He got beat up by the club. So then Ricochet came out and was like, oh, you want to beat somebody up, blah, blah, blah. Why don't you put that title on the line against me? And AJ was like, uh, no. And then Randy comes out and goes, oh, why don't you put it against me? And he's like, no, I beat you here and I beat you here. Like, I don't need to do that. And then Drew comes out like, hey, man. We've never had a match. You never beat me anywhere. How about we do it? AJ's like, eh, no. You've never beaten me. I don't feel like it. And then Ray comes out like, oh, give me a match. And AJ's like, oh, you couldn't even be Brock Lesnar. Why would I want a match with you? Blah, blah, blah. And then then uh, Ricochet is like, hey, why don't we have a fatal four-way? And the winner faces AJ. And AJ's like, no, that's stupid. What do you think, Gallows? And Gallows and Anderson are both like, oh, I think yeah, it's a good idea. Pretty cool. That's pretty like, cool. It's like, all right, fine. I'll do it. But then... uh Mikey said something in his recap video. It made a lot of sense. Like, this is one of those instances where I would want an authority figure. Like, right yeah. now, right now, it looks like the, the inmates are running the asylum. And it's like, you don't need your, your authority figure to be a healer or face. You need them to be like William Regal. Like, oh, the four of you can't figure this out. We're going to have a fatal four-way, and that winner is going to face AJ Styles. Yes. And and I, that's one thing I've been missing. You don't have to have the authority figure. Like, William Regal on NXT, you barely see him. Like, Gorilla Monsoon used to be. I yeah. mean, before the whole Austin angle hit, because they then they started, like, beating up the authority figure. But, like, before that, when he was the president or the commissioner, they did many different angles where, like, Sean was the commissioner. But you had Sergeant Slaughter who was the president at the time, or you had Gorilla Monsoon, who was a president at one time, and they would just come out and be like, oh, this is your match for tonight, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. They weren't involved in angle. I mean, Attitude Era is when they started blurring those lines. But before that, I mean, if you did something like old school, like just a guy in a suit, it could be Pat Patterson for fuck's sake. Send him out and be like, oh, we're going to do this and this and this. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And, I think they do, and I feel like they're going to do something soon. I think they need to. Um, some type of authority figure. It doesn't, again, doesn't have to be prominent and in your face all the time, but just for situations like this to where they can really have somebody put their, stick yeah. their nose in it and make a decision. So when you, yeah, so when you do an angle like this, be like, AJ will be like, no, there's no authority here. Like, you don't have the authority to do that. Fuck you. We're not doing that. And then, you know, whoever comes on the screen or walks out the ramp goes, well, actually, you know what? That sounds like a good idea. We're going to give these fans in Chicago something to write home about. So yep. we're going to give them a fatal four-way match. And then whoever's lucky enough to win that match gets to face AJ. And then you could do the thing where AJ's like, well, that's not cool. And then then you have Gallows and Anderson chime in. Well, actually, it's a really good idea. they got to wrestle a match before they face you, blah, blah, blah. 
okay, I'll do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you could have AJ sit out there on commentary during the one match and well, however you want to do it. Um, so up next we had Charlotte Flair. Um, wait, sorry, I skipped over. Ray Mysterio and AJ Styles actually ended up. Uh, you hulu it. <laughs> I did hulu it. Ray Mysterio ended up getting the win in the Fatal Four Way and ended up and the, new the win over AJ. Well, I mean, Styles. he had quite a bit of help. He did. Um, RKO, RKO out of somewhere. <laughs> but I, I don't mind that the the fact that they put it on on Ray for right now. Um. I think they might have some bigger plans for AJ Styles. Or do you think think Ray is going to be the one that unveils the new U.S. title? Because new U.S. title? Well, I'm just assuming. Mm. It's the only original title left. Quite possibly. And let me tell you how much I fucking hate the new Intercontinental Championship belt. Um, hold that thought. Okay. Um. <laughs> Uh, we did, after that, Charlotte Flair against Asuka. Asuka spitting in the face again of Charlotte Flair. That match was, you know, pretty decent for the two of them. Um, Eric Eric Rowan versus some fucking jobber. Um, also cut from Hulu. Uh, and Which I didn't mind that being cut nope, from Hulu. That's okay, yep. Um, Seth Rollins against Kevin Owens closing the night um, in what was a very good match. Um, nothing amazing, but... Uh, these two, these two guys, definitely something that you know. I, I love Kevin Owens in ring work, I like Seth Rollins in ring work. So, you know, you're really not going to lose out on that one. Right. Um, ultimately, Kevin Owens defeated Seth Rollins by DQ. Um, it look, it kind of looks like Seth may have found his new J and J security with um. Yeah, why can't I think of it? Razor. Yeah, and Akum and. I don't mind that. I, I don't really mind it because it's giving those two something to do. <laughs> yep. And Sass a good heel and they'll just be hit. If that's, if that's what they're going for here. And I think that's what they're teasing, but it'll be good. Cause yeah. then Seth will be their leader. Seth has always done good in factions. Yeah. Like no matter it was the authority or the shield or anything like that. Seth has always done really well, especially like heelish. Mm-hmm. type faction so he can direct them get them tv time get them over as a heel probably even get them the the tag team championships because right now they look like the only team that could even hang with the viking raiders yeah which and that would be a great match both teams are really physical and athletic and big dudes and yeah um so we can move on now before actually before we go on to a, another show we were talking about Seth Rollins earlier having his town hall meeting, and we we're talking about um, Daniel Bryan and the, the fiend. Fact. The fiend just getting fed superstars. So Seth Rollins turning heel. Daniel Bryan looks like he's turning face. Finn Balor is heel Balor. So anybody that the fiend is facing and defeats, they're changing. They're switching sides. Um, is this something that we're gonna see continue for him? Did Did Baylor Did Baylor even have a real match with the heel? Didn't he just come out and? No, they they had a match. Uh, I think it was at SummerSlam, and it wasn't in the red lights or anything like that. Um, oh, and, it was his first one because he yep. had the outro. He was the first person to have the outro too, like that laugh at the end, like when they play his music. Yeah, and he got the win over Baylor, and. Uh, <laughs> 
and Balor was gone for a while and then came back as So Peter they Balor. turning Brian face just to turn him heel again after he loses to the Fiend again? I don't I don't know. I mean I, I mean that is a that is an interesting dynamic though. I don't think that heel Brian works as well as face Brian does. I mean, he's just annoying as a as a heel. And it's not and even not, in, know, not, not even in a good way. Ever since he stopped being the planet's champion and like started talking less. I mean, Daniel Bryan's never going to be a complete heel. He's too good in the ring for that. Yeah. So even when he stopped talking about the planet and everything, he'd go and have a match and you, you can't be mad at it, but I'm just going right into it. But with what happened at the end of fucking SmackDown, are we going to get American dragon 2.0? Or are we gonna get no hair and a beard? Are we gonna get no beard and some hair? Are we gonna? Is it gonna? He's gonna? Is he gonna look like fucking Angelica's fucking Cynthia doll? <laughs> like what is going on? So okay, so SmackDown ended. We'll go right into the end. Um, Daniel Bryan ended up getting pulled through the ring by the Fiend. Um, on SmackDown, I just watched this too two nights ago. Um, Daniel Bryan ended up in a match. I don't think he was in a match. No. Oh no, he just came down to he the ring and he, he was trying to cut the cut his promo. Yeah, and, and the then the Firefly Funhouse yep. and and Bray was supposed to introduce a new face. And the first time he comes on, he introduces a new ugly ass fucking title belt that a thirteen year old or seven year old probably drew, and then. They did – the thing I liked about this angle is they've been doing a really good job of starting an angle at the beginning of the show and kind of riding it out through uh-huh. the show, which is something has been lacking. Um, and at the end of the show, you have the old school Undertaker spot where he comes up from behind him in the ring and pulls him to hell. Yeah. But uh, the Fiend, once he gets him under the mat, he doesn't stop there. He – you, you see him rustling around. All you see is like his dread shaking from the top of the ring. And he comes up with two fistfuls of hair and throws them on the ring. And then he keeps doing it. Yep. Like he keeps going back for more. Like he's just ripping Daniel's hair out. So I'm thinking Cynthia doll. Say I'm thinking Cynthia doll. <laughs> I, I think that they're going to, he's going to come back with a haircut. And um, what's the word I'm looking for? He's going to come back like, Babyface, literally haunted, and uh, you know having the. Do you ever follow Daniel Bryan when he uh, was in ROH? No, the American Dragon. That that was his. Uh, like he he did it both as a heel and a face, the American Dragon, but he you know clean shaven, buzzed head, little little goatee, yeah. if anything. Like I think at the I think at the original time. He had nothing. He was, I mean, complete, uh, clean shave, baby face. And then in WWE, when he lost the title to Sheamus in like ten seconds at WrestleMania, he had like the shaved head, but the little goatee thing. Yeah, I saw that. I've seen him like that, but um, so those people are speculating that he might be going like full American Dragon hmm. with a conflicted side. They they've done something really interesting with this feud and they're like oh clearly bray wyatt's suffering from mental illness like 
you know, uh, multiple personality disorder or whatever you want to call it. They haven't like pinpointed it, but we all know what's going on here. Sure. Um, and when they introduced Dan O'Brien to the mix, he talks about mental instability. So we have virtually mental illness versus mental illness. But I'm wondering how far they're going to take it with Brian. Like, is Brian going to let the fiend in? And then there was okay, – so I, I listened to Busted Open Radio and they Dave LaGreca brought up a really interesting way they could go with this feud uh-huh. where, all right, so you had him drag him to hell and let's say he let the fiend in. So now it's Daniel Bryan versus The Fiend, but neither one of them feel the pain of their human form. So now you have two guys in a match that don't sell. Like you have The Fiend beat the hell out of Daniel Bryan, and just like The Fiend, Daniel Bryan kicks out at two and gets back up. Or You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I was like, ooh, that's, that's a good dynamic. But then... I feel like you're portraying too much of the zombie or the demon thing you're doing on the video game. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, man. I, 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 it, it's interesting because the way they're doing it right now, there's many different options they can do for just this feud alone. So and that's a good thing. I think that having options is always a good thing. I think that with the change in Daniel Bryan. Yeah, you do have a lot of options, but I still can't see him in any facet, whether it's, you know, as uh, the Ultimo Dragon, whatever the fuck he called him. American um, Dragon. American Dragon. Um, or, you know, as a Cynthia doll, anything like that. I think it's a little more believable that he might be able to get one over on The Fiend, but I still don't think that this is going to. We're going to see The Fiend hold this title for a while. Speaking of titles. <laughs> Let's talk about it. <clears throat> so The Fiend introduced the new face. Um, his No, the new face is supposed to be Daniel Bryan. They introduced the, When he was introducing a new face, he was still doing that by the end of the night. The very beginning one. He, I see what you're saying. He was I, like, <laughs> I have a shiny new toy, yeah. blah, blah, blah. He needs one too. And then they cut to The Fiend and it's. Yeah. Okay. So the fiend introduced his new custom handcrafted title um with his big fat fucking face in the middle of it. Uh it says hurt on the side. It's all leather. Um yeah, hurt hurt and heel around it and it was handcrafted in the special effects studio of Tom Savini. And it says nowhere nowhere on it does it say WWE. Nope. Not even a, a little glimpse of that. Um they are individually numbered, and if you would like to take advantage of that, you can actually get yourself a Fiend title on WWEshop.com for a measly $6,499.99. <laughs> or you can go buy a car. <laughs> or you could buy a car. Um, or be close to a down payment on a house. Um, you know? Yeah, after, I mean, yeah, after taxes, you're looking at what? After taxes, seventy four hundred dollars or something like that. After taxes, it's seven thousand seventy six dollars and eighty six cents. Uh, let us know in the comments if you bought this belt. 
um, because we'd like to make fun of you and call you a fucking idiot. No, no, um, no, no, no. Those were Nick's <laughs> words. If you have seven grand to spend on a title belt, I want to be your friend. <laughs> I want to yeah. go to the bar with you. <laughs> That's true. I take back what I said. I want a fucking big screen TV. Right. Give me that 98-inch Samsung. And you know uh, what? You don't even got to lend me seven grand for that. I, I just got a new one for like 300 bucks. Um, is this too, are there going to be people that buy this belt? I mean, oh God, you know, somebody's going to buy the motherfucker. <laughs> this says two things to me, Nick. This says a fiend's going to hold this belt for a while. Cause they don't ever give anybody a custom belt that isn't going to hold on to it for at least a couple months. Yeah. Um, but it also says where the fuck was Vince on this one? Seriously, because I like the rock, the rock and Stone Cold each had a belt. The rocks was never actually used on TV. Although I think it's like that Bernstein bears thing, because I swear it was. And I saw, I remember, <laughs> I like, I remember it clear as day, but nope, never used. Yeah. Um, but like the smoking skull belt, it looked just like the championship belt It just, the plate was alterated. Uh-huh. So if they wanted to do that, and like do like do like the WWE symbol, but behind it, try and find a way to put like the fiend face or something like that. Okay, but this belt, this belt. Okay, so my former roommate is an independent wrestler. Uh when he first started going around, he was literally wrestling at VFW halls with like forty people in it, and they had this title belt, and it was it was the title. The title belt was defended at every show and it was always defended in a battle Royal. And it was literally a black strap with a black plate, maybe some spray paint on it. And it was the ugliest looking belt ever. And this is what this belt reminds me of. Like, it's like something somebody made in their basement and was like, here, wear this. Like it doesn't add prestige to the belt, I guess is my point. And I get it, your your character's not from this world, but, like, why it, – it, it looks just like him. Like, yeah. it, it's literally like, oh, hey, look, it's Bray Wyatt's face and Bray Wyatt's penis's face. Yeah. Like, like he's wearing <laughs> – you know what I mean? Like, um, um, I think the belt itself, just for what it is, I think it looks it looks good. Just as a belt in its own world. On its own level, not it is on, in its own world, you know. But to put that and bring that to the, the the center stage and and have him wearing it or bring it to the ring or selling it for sixty five hundred dollars, no fucking way. Um, if you're gonna have a belt, a branded belt on your champion, it has to have the company logo to some effect. Um, yeah, and that was the weird. It's just a fucking belt right now. It's just a a belt with the, his fucking mask on it. But I'm wondering if maybe their maybe their plan here is to portray it as that's the way the fiend sees the belt. Like it's the same belt, just in that alternate universe. Yeah, that's what the belt looks like. Still dumb, but. Just trying to make some kind of sense of it. I, I wonder where they're going to go with it from here. Like, is he going to wear it? Is he going to take it down to the ring? And 
I don't know. I, I don't understand it. I'm not going to pretend to. Okay, so from here it doesn't look too bad. Yeah, like just as the belt itself, like as a novelty item that means fucking nothing. Yeah, like that New Day belt they sold even before uh, uh, before Kofi was champion. They, yeah. they sold like this special tag team edition. It was like rainbow. It was like it looked like a tag team title, but it was like rainbow and had like unicorns on it and shit. There's an Undertaker special edition belt. It's got a purple strap with his logo in the middle. And those are cool for what they are, but. You know, like you said, the Stone Cold belt at least had the WWE logo on it. John Cena's spinning belt, it, it had the WWE logo on it, the, you know, all of them. And then you go in and do this, it's like, what the fuck? I, and I'm looking at it like it only looks like it's made out of leather. Like there's no plating. There's a couple like rivets to where like the hurt and the heel part look like uh, – almost like restraints. Yeah. And they're like riveted into the leather. I mean, the, the face part is actually cool, but if they did that and then the side plates say WWE or something like that, completely different story. And you know, we're talking about it now. So probably come next Friday, they'll change the belt just like they changed the mask. Um, at any rate, so he's got a new belt. Um, SmackDown overall, it was it was all right. It was uh, a show. Roman Reigns kicked things off at the beginning with a match against Bobby Roode, and he ended up beating the fuck out of Bobby Roode, um, turning a table over on top of him. Not any table, the announce the table. The announce table. Um, they always do such a great job of selling that. When like, I'm looking so at it, like, oh, I, I could pick that up. <laughs> and Roman Reigns is just fucking struggling picking this thing up. This is all after Bobby Roode tried to hit Roman Reigns in the head with his scepter. Um, and said something about go see your kids or some shit. Yeah, like that. you mess with his kids and then you're going to get fucked. Um, yeah. Then we had Bray Wyatt introducing, you know, his newest face, Firefly Funhouse. Uh, Ali versus Drew Gulak. This match was okay. The match wasn't bad. Yeah. Um, Ali, but again, the cruiserweights can't really put on a bad match. Yeah. Ali ended up getting that win. Sasha Banks and Bailey uh, come out to address the women's locker room. Um, and then um, Lacey Evans came out and gave the women's right to Sasha Banks. And Bailey didn't do a fucking thing. She looked scared. She looked like uh-huh. she was going to fucking cry. Um, Nikki Cross and Sonya Deville, this match was okay again. And then. Um, Alexa Bliss ended up coming out to to save Nikki Cross after her bum doesn't look as voluptuous. Who Alexa's? Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't see anything different. Mm, she biscuit butt. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nikki Cross did get the win, and then Sony Deville, Mandy Rose tried to fucking gang beat her, and here comes the four foot nine yep. girl to save her. Five feet of fury. Yep. Um, New Day issued an open challenge, and they ended up defeating Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro. Ooh, speaking of belts, I hate this one. I hate this fucking belt. Like, I know they changed it last week because when he came out with it on Survivor Series, I'm like, what the fuck is this? I thought it was like some Japanese belt that he won. Like, it doesn't even like pay homage to the old Intercontinental belts. Like, even even Intercontinental belts that have been changed. Like the one Shamrock held, kind of, in some way, like shared the lineage. 
this fucker looks like somebody took one of those spinner hubcaps and put it on a leather fucking belt. Uh, again, and this is just me, the belt itself, just for what it is, I think it looks fine. But my problem is that you've had all these belts over the years, and each one has been has a distinct characteristic that makes it completely different from the next. The world championship, the intercontinental, the tag teams. Now, to this, me, this one looks like the 24 7 belt. It looks like a black 24 7 yep. belt. Speaking of which, have we not seen the 24 7 belt all all week? Yeah. That's two weeks? Two weeks, yeah. I think. Are uh, they done with that? Are they? No, didn't Truth win it? Yeah, Truth won it, but there was nothing at Survivor Series with it. Nope. Not even on the pre show. Nope. There was nothing on Raw. The, you know what? He was there with the Iconics when they were trying to sell um, Christmas shit for WWE.com. And but did the, he have the belt? It was on the table, and then he took off with it. Okay. Okay, so they did showcase it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to see. I don't understand why they needed to, to change the title. A lot of people said it was because of Cody. Why? A lot of people think it's because of Cody because he, he held that white. Intercontinental title, did he not? I believe he's the one that brought it back. Yeah, so. but it doesn't matter. That's okay. That the white belt, that not even just the white strap, but that belt has been the Intercontinental title. Yeah, like other than when Shamrock held it, that oval it's been thing. the same thing. That oval title, I, I hated that. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mind that at the time, but compared to the old one, it it it's shitty. When I like the idea that they kept that nostalgia, that that look of the Intercontinental title yeah. for the last twenty five plus years, yep. you know they brought it back for they a reason. They didn't change it because ugh. they didn't change it because of Cody. This is something they've been talking about for a couple of years now. Is changing mm-hmm. the title because they they want they want to change the U.S. title too because the U.S. title looks too much like the WCW U.S. title and blah yeah. blah blah. But. How are you going to upgrade one and not the other? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, and then, like, and I get it, it's a mid-card title, but, like, you've kind of branded your U.S. and your Universal titles. Like, your Universal title is now blue, so it's the blue brand. So shouldn't they brand the U.S. title? You would think. And the, and the Intercontinental title for, like, which brand they're on? And then, I mean, even if it is just strap color... Then you can just change the strap when it because wrestlers used to do that shit all the time. Like, yeah, uh, Ultimate Warrior held that same icy belt only with the yellow strap, yep. and Sean had it yellow, blue, white. Um, Didn't he have a green world championship too? Ultimate Warrior wasn't it green at one point? Like a, it light. was like a it was like a teal color. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Um, that's that blue belt, that blue winged eagle belt they sell on the WWE shop. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it was, it's like a powder blue teal kind yeah. of color. But yeah, it's, you know, and then it was simply just changing the strap of the belt. Um, and that's how they used to customize things. Like uh, Honky Tonk Man had, he had the black and the white one. Razor had the yellow, the black. There, At one point there was like a purple one, I believe. I don't. I figured who held that might have been Valentine, but whatever. And then you had Naomi putting all the LED lights all over the women's title. That was cool, though. Yeah. I mean, but that was one of those things where like that portrays to her character. Yeah, so and I was fine it. with it. Yep. Um, 
we uh, we move on now to NXT on Wednesday. Um, another great show, um, as always. Uh, things kicked off with um, Finn Balor. Excuse me. Um, everybody coming out to celebrate the Survivor Series victory. And I don't know the guy's name. That's the the rapper that was rapping with them. But um, everybody is out there celebrating their victory. And then Undisputed Area comes and they they crash the party and. Uh, you have Ciampa and Keith Lee and Matt Riddle and Dominic Dijak in the ring and, you know, challenges going back and forth. And ultimately we saw Keith Lee and Dijak against the Undisputed Era. Um, for the tag titles. For the tag titles. And, um, ultimately Bobby Fish ended up going to the back during the commercial break. He had some medical concerns. <clears throat> Excuse me, medical concerns. I'm not really sure what those were. Uh, were was that real or was that storyline? I, I don't know because it happened during the break and you didn't really – I was trying to pay attention. I went back and watched it again. You didn't really see him leave. Um, it happened when he was already waiting for a tag. He was on the outside. Okay. So I'm not really sure what happened there. Um, if anybody knows, feel free to leave us a comment and, and let us know. Um, so it was Roderick Strong uh, filling in for Bobby Fish and – Strong and O'Reilly ended up getting the win by pinfall to retain the championships. This match was a great way to kick off NXT. Um, a lot of good chemistry with these guys. Then we had Mansoor and Shane Thorne. Um, uh, this one was kind of a sleeper. It was a quick match. Um, I don't really give a shit myself personally about, about either one of these guys. Oh, really? He left with a concussion. So Fish had a concussion. Now I want to go back and watch it to see how that even happened. Because, um, again, it, it was during the break that he left. I, I don't remember when that could have happened. But, um, so, yeah, we had Mansoor and Shane Thorne. That match was a, a bit of a sleeper. You know, Mansoor can obviously wrestle. I think that he's got some pretty good talent. I, I am interested to see what they do with him, and hopefully they bring him to the forefront a little more, but probably not. Uh, Dakota Kai and Candice LeRae. Why is it that these chicks get a little bit hotter when they turn heel? They, like, give them a little bit of a, a weird makeover. Um, yeah, they go from basically your girl next door to what you want your girl next door to be. <laughs> uh, Candice LeRae ended up beating uh, Dakota Kai by disqualification. Um, the match she was, she suffered injuries in that match too, lacerations to the in, inside and outside of her lip when she took that knee brace to the face. Did she? Yep. Um, that match was a good match. There was a spot where um, Candice LeRae ended up. I want to. She didn't power bomb. She like back suplexed Dakota Kai on the outside on the on the apron, and she like just clipped it. Um, but yeah, really good match there. Then we had the NXT Cruiserweight Champion Leo Rush and Akira Tozawa. Um, put on a really good match again. Um, Leo Rush getting the win there. Um, the man of the hour. The moth. We had Zia Lee and Vanessa Bourne. Um, Vanessa Bourne trying to get some retribution on apparently busting open uh, Aaliyah's nose and breaking her nose, which really wasn't true. She's just going to get fucking surgery. Um, this match was a bit The Ruby a Riot nose surgery? Something. Um, this match was a bit of a squash. However... Uh, you did have Shayna Baszler, Maria Shafir, and Jasmine Duke come down to try and bully around Zia Lee. And um, that didn't really work out because Rhea Ripley showed her face. 
and she challenged Shayna Baszler. She said, you know, you've never beaten me type shit. And Baszler at first walked away. She she left. Then she got back in the ring, and she got in Ripley's face, and they didn't square off or anything like that. No, they didn't throw any blows, but I am very invested in this because I think— It's going to be your match at, what, the takeover in January? When's the next takeover? Uh, February? February 22nd. Um, yes. Is definitely. it February 22nd? Yeah. Way to go, guys. Love it. I'm um, a, on my birthday. Definitely. That's right around your wedding, too. <laughs> my birthday is a week before my wedding. Damn. Like exactly seven days. Um, Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler is going to be a, a great match. I really feel like this is it for Shayna Baszler. This is who's going. That's why I'm thinking it's got to be Takeover, yeah. and then Ripley takes it, and Baszler's number thirty in the Royal Rumble wins it to face Becky at WrestleMania. But the Takeover would be after the Rumble. Oh, solid point. So do they have? Ripley take it off of her before that? I don't... Or do they have Shayna in the Rumble anyway and get the shot? Well, well, the thing is, with Becky and Baszler, you don't need the Rumble win to build the story there. No, definitely As long as Becky holds on to that title. Which currently, other than Baszler, I don't see anybody taking it off of her. No. Um, So yeah, there's a lot of different things that they could do with this, and I really like where they're going. I like I'm a big Rhea Ripley fan right now. Um, yeah. Shooter to the moon. Um, then we ended up with uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Finn Balor as the main event of NXT on Wednesday. Balor going over Ciampa by pinfall. Um, Making what, Balor the number one contender for the title? As so it would seem. Um he did get some help from Adam Cole, so I'm not really so sure. Are we still are we still like fogging that to where we're not sure if Finn's part of the error or not? Well, here's what happens. So Finn Balor ends up, um, you know, going over. But at one point, Adam Cole comes down to the ring, and Adam Cole tried to interfere in the match, but Ciampa, you know, wasn't having any part of that. The belt ended up in the ring, and then there was Balor doing uh, some form of a DDT on the belt. Didn't work. Uh, then Cole hit Ciampa in the face with a, a kick on the outside, which then led to, what's his move, the 1916? Yep. Um, and then it's virtually just an inverted DDT. So then Balor got the win. So then these two are in the ring, Adam Cole and Finn Balor. Uh, Adam Cole doing the Undisputed Era, Finn Balor doing the finger guns, and then Balor Pele kicks Adam Cole in the face. So, okay. um, it'll be interesting to see where they, where they go with that for sure. Um, back to what happened earlier in the night with, uh, the tag team match that opened the show. Adam Cole got launched into outer space. From Keith Lee. From Keith Lee. And it was, uh, it was quite hilarious because he sold it really well. Um, he like threw him into the crowd, didn't he? Yeah, and I mean you could tell they were they were plants, you know, because oh, right. He launched him like ten fucking feet. It was great. So if you missed that, go back and watch it. It's right in the first match. Um, so yeah, NXT really good show. Um, as always, that leads me now to AEW Dynamite. Um, you watch Dynamite live? I did. Okay. Dynamite, another good show, um, started a little slow for me, not just because of the opening segment with Le Champion, 
um, which I didn't really mind. I thought it was a good segment. Um, interesting to see Virgil there. So, who the hell's Virgil? Soul Train Jones. <laughs> Soul Train Jones. Um, STJ. Side note, you can buy a little bit of the bubbly now. You have to buy it two bottles at a time. It's 46 bucks, And then right now I think there's a promo code. You get like 20% off. I was going to say, for if I'm buying a $20 bottle of champagne, it better be fucking good. Yeah. Because um, I buy the $6 bottles, and if it's not up to the $6 bottles, I don't want it. Yeah. So Plus, I mean, it's a little I'm only going to mix it with orange juice. So. I think it would be a cool little thing if we could get like Jericho to sign it. I'd know. never open it if that was the case. Yeah. But you got to buy two bottles, so you drink one, you save one. Makes you know? sense. But I'm not going to even spend, you know, 35 bucks on two bottles of champagne. Um, but at any rate, so they open the show and, um, you know, we had best friends defeating the Lucha Brothers by pinfall. No, the open, hold on, hold on, hold on. The opening segment was amazing. And in true Jericho fashion, Streamers, marching bands, mm-hmm. blow up fucking dolls. Jack Swagger brings out a fucking goat. Fucking goat. Like, I forgot about the goat. Like it, it was good, and they all like. And the funniest thing is, is the whole time I'm like, "There's somebody in that big ass box." Yeah, like you know, that's just what you assume. And then they unveil the one which looks like a person, and it's a cardboard cutout of Sammy and Jericho hugging and smiling. Then they lift up the other uh they lift up the other box and it's Ted Irving cutting a heel promo on the Chicago crowd. Blackhawks suck. Yeah. Um all around it, it was just like every other over the top Jericho celebration and it was amazing. Like it Well then you had SCU who was apparently in the marching band. Part of the band. marching band, yeah. I, I saw I mean, I saw it coming whether they were in the boxes or Yeah. Um, did you notice them when they were coming down the aisle? Like, did you look at the marching band? And uh-uh. think, no, I didn't pay that much attention. Me neither. Um, but yeah, it was a great way to open the show. And then we had our opening tag match with the best friends and Lucha Brothers. Um, best friends going over Lucha Brothers there, which. Yeah, but for like the hundredth time, the Lucha Bros attacked their opponent before the match. Yep. Which is getting rather old. Like, it's okay, like, when you did it with the Bucks, because you have a, like, long-standing rivalry with them and stuff like that, that's cool. But when you do it to every opponent, it gets really old really fucking quickly. Like, you guys are supposed to be the best tag team in the world, but you have to beat everybody up before you even get in the ring with them. Well, then, yeah, then you lost the match. Yeah. You know? And that's, uh, what, the second time Trent, Trent Barata went over at AW Dark on... On Pentagon. On right? Pentagon, uh-huh. and then he he pinned Ray Phoenix. Last week on, on the show. Last week, and now he has a match against, a singles match against Ray Phoenix upcoming. Yep. Um, Yeah, I, I wasn't a big big fan of the match. I mean, it was okay, but. um, I mean, I'm glad Best Friends went over. I mean, I'm glad. But see, this is, this is one of those things where, all right, so. Clearly, they're going to have to have a reset because if the Lucha Brothers keep losing, yeah, they're never going to be in the title picture. And right. you know they didn't sign them to not have them in the title picture. Right. 
Yeah. So going back to that, that that does make make sense. Even though it's it's a little weird and it's a little wonky, and we don't have all of our answers. But uh, a funny thing that Jim Ross had said somewhere in the in the night, I don't remember what match he was talking about because they had mentioned the rankings, and they had mentioned um, Jim Ross mentioned the fact that you know people are overthinking it, you know, and you know a win is a win, and in and in team sports, you know you end up. Um, something about team sports. I think it was Excalibur that had mentioned that. So they were hinting at the people that are criticizing the whole ranking system. Um, well, the ranking system still doesn't make sense. They ranked the women this week, and it was like number one is Shahida or whatever her name is, which makes sense. She's, yeah. you know, she's like eight and one, seven and one. Okay, and then two is Britt Baker makes sense, and then from there it's like. This person with a one and three record, this person with the two and three record, but then down here, this person with the three and two record. And if you're basing your rankings off of your overall record, that's stupid because you got singles, tag, yeah. trios, you know, what, what the fuck ever. Um, now, if you're using the overall for like, okay, let's say, Number three and four are both two and two. What's the tiebreaker? The overall record. Right. You know what I mean? That that makes sense to me. Sure. But to rank it by the overall record, like and then and, and then they have it in they say people are overthinking it, but all I need is a better breakdown. So like, for example, Scorpio Sky, um, let's say he pins Jericho in a singles match, right? And he's Four, oh and four at this point. And then he pins Jericho. Now, does he like jump up the ranking scale because he pinned the champion even though it was a non title match? Or and then again, this is all hypothetical. Sure. But does the I mean, does that like count as five points as as compared to a basic win, which is two points? Like you know yeah. what I mean? Like I don't agree with Jim Ross saying people are overthinking it. I think nobody's overthinking it. People are just Thinking, because you can't just say, here's five people, here's their records, one, two, three, four, five. Go. Oh, no, no, no. That's what I know what you're talking about. The, what he was referring to was Cody still being in the rankings. Yes. That, okay, that's yep, what he was referring to. Because yeah. he goes, well, even in college football, when uh, when you get disqualified from bowl contention, you're still ranked. And I'm like, no, you're not. No, no, you're not like Ohio state when they couldn't compete for those two years, they were like 11 and oh, guess what? They weren't fucking ranked. Right. Like just take Cody out of it. Well, and like if you're okay, you're Alabama right now. Alabama lost again yesterday. Who they lose to yesterday. Uh, I know they lost Auburn. No shit. Yep. 45. Real close. Yeah, it was real close. Um, But Alabama is not going to be in that playoff picture now. Well, they, I mean, they weren't going to be in it anyway. They were still ranked third, I think. No, they were ranked fifth. Oh, shit. They were fifth, so as long as the top four teams won (laughs) going into championship week, as long as those four teams stayed there, Alabama was first time in Saban's reign that they haven't been in the playoffs. So, But, yeah, I mean, again, you have these. I like, I really like the idea of rankings and all that, but 
I really expected them to explain it. You don't have to give a really super technical breakdown, but at least no. tell me. But at least tell me one, why this person's yes. ahead of this person. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, especially when you're flashing the ranking at me and like, like, oh, they're one in three, but they're number four out of, you know, five. And doesn't make sense because the person below them is three and three. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what does it affect how many matches you've had? Like, for example, if they bring, let's say Jack Swagger finally gets in the ring and competes in AEW, but it's all against a bunch of jobbers week in, week out. He goes on, he's eight. No, right. But he hasn't beaten anybody. All he's beaten is local talent. Does it, does that make him higher than the first person on that list? Who's beaten established talent, right? Strength of schedule. I, exactly. And then you have a guy like Scorpio Sky who has been hot lately in tags and trios and whatever other matches. And as he should, he got a title match. Even though he wasn't in the singles ranking, he did pin. You know what I mean? Like, there's stuff like that that's old school wrestling terminology or old school wrestling thinking where it makes sense. Like, Scorpio Sky's been on a run. He hasn't been in any singles matches, so he's 0 and 0. Yeah. He still uh, now he he's always zero and one because yeah. but he did give the champion his first ever loss right not to mention but he was also the first person to ever pin him in AEW so it's like all right yeah you get a title shot we know you're not going to win but we're going to give you you know what I mean yeah well and they could say that like okay here are the rankings and if you end up pinning the champion no matter what type of match it is you will automatically qualify for a championship match. I, I, that might even sound a little far-fetched, but at least it's an explanation as to what they're doing. Um, well, I mean, but that brings me back to, well, he pinned the champ, so does that, you know, it's got to give you extra points somewhere. Yeah. So it's still a lot of gray areas that they need to work out. Um, and I think that's what they're going to do. I think they're going to feel this out and then they'll do the reset. And when they do the reset, they'll have an actual, like not, not, not even them telling us just on the screen. Yeah. This is this, this is that they might even go to a point system. I'd be fine with that. It would make more sense. Uh, you know, you like get, if you score a score a pinfall, you get a point. If you get a submission, you get two points. If the, if the pinfalls over a champion, you get three points. If the, Submissions over champion, you get five. You know what I mean? Like yeah. something along those lines. Um, moving on, we did have a women's match with B Priestley and Emmy Sakura against uh, Chris Statlander and Hikaru Shida. Um, Priestley and Sakura won by pinfall. Uh, the match was okay. Um, the women. Emmy Sakura is like really old. Yeah. She, and, you know, they're. They're portraying her as this established person in the the women's you know, the whole women's division, but nobody really knows who she is. That's one thing that AW has been doing. Um, that I'll explain here right now with Cody coming to the ring and Cody wanting to call out MJF. Let's do it right now. And then you have uh, two guys pop through the ring: Butcher and the Blade. Did you see my tweet? Maybe. <clears throat> so the butcher and the blade came from under the ring. Yeah. So I was like, oh, Bray Wyatt borrowed the blade from the butcher <laughs> to cut Daniel Bryan's hair. <laughs> um. Well, my thing with that is that's that's cool, whatever. But Jim Ross didn't know who the fuck they were, and Excalibur really didn't. I don't know who the fuck they are either. And so you have them 
Emi Sakura. You're you're giving these established players a spot on your roster and making them seem like they should be worth a damn, but you're not really giving people a reason to think that. But okay, so yeah, Jim Ross didn't know who the hell they were, which is fine because it was a surprise. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it, it's one of those things where, well, if Jim Ross knows too much, then you it's it's a work. You know what I mean? But Excalibur should have explained it a little. Better. He did though. He's like, oh. That's the blade and that's the butcher. Oh, and there's the bunny, which was weird. Allie, it, that's Allie, right? Yeah. Is that the one that left or that's the one that's been feuding with Brandy Rhodes? She's been feuding with Brandy, I with thought. With Brandy, yeah. She didn't leave. That was uh, Kylie Ray. Kylie Ray, okay. All um, right. So, yeah, they said who they were, but they don't really tell anybody. But who are they? Where did yeah, they come right. from? Are they part of Villain Enterprises? Because a lot of people are saying that when Marty Scrolls contract is up with ROH, yep. he's going to come to AEW and be their leader. So are they part of Villain Enterprises? Yeah, who knows? And that's that's the thing that I want to know a little bit. Give me a little bit of background because, you know, as if you're in the crowd and you see these two dudes pop up out of the ring, Nobody's there to explain it to you unless there's a seasoned wrestling fan sitting around you, which I'm sure there are. There's a lot more of those at AEW shows. But you're just like, wow, there's these two fucking guys. Cool. I'm going to have to go back and figure out who they are. So while I'm still interested, I'm still intrigued because I am an AEW fan, I'm still you know, there, I just, I don't know, it left a lot to be desired. I think that that whole surprise through the ring came off a little weak and it could have been played off a little better had AEW done a better job at telling us who these people are or not just oh here's their names okay well see you later so okay so here's a interesting tidbit AEW saw a new tag team debut last night and if you're a fan of hardcore punk music then this new signing could make you very happy Andy Williams played rhythm guitar for the band every time i die what now he is an aw star the butcher and the blade <laughs> debuted on aw dynamite this week and they are not messing around somebody had commented about every time i die on a thread in one of the facebook groups about this and i didn't catch the reference i had no idea I, i'm familiar with every time i die but i didn't I the know, like, butcher is actually a former nxt superstar braxton sutter sounds familiar um and uh, Andy Williams is the Blade. Sutter was previously with Impact Wrestling, uh, but he left last year. Butcher and the Blade have performed on the Indies as a team. They've obviously made an impression uh, and got AEW's attention. Allie, who is the bunny, is married to Sutter. Uh, it seems like this is the new beginning of a new faction in AEW. So one's a rhythm guitar player for some punk band that I've never heard of, and the other is a former NXT superstar. Every time I die, so they have nothing to do with Marty Scroll. Not nothing to do with Villain Enterprises. Every time I die, as of real, now, really good band. It's a good band. Okay, I'll check it out. Um, Especially that rhythm, rhythm guitar. Um, I'm not really familiar with Marty Scroll. I've only I'm heard, not either. I've only heard you guys talk about him, Mikey. Smitty, you know, I've uh, I've known him as part of the Bullet Club. Uh -huh. 
really like his gimmick. I've seen some of it. I I've not I haven't seen any of his American stuff because I don't really watch ROH. Um, I've seen like some of the stuff he's done in Japan, mm-hmm. and he's worth the sign. And like it was uh, WWE was trying to sign him really heavily before he signed with ROH. Yeah. So we'll see what happens, but uh, no, nah, it'd be a good addition, and he would be a great leader. It sounds like he's a pretty big name outside of WWE with a lot yeah, but of the, you know small in stature though. Yeah. But either way, he's a really good worker. Um, he's yeah. a good, he's a good hand. Good hand. Good hand. Good hand. He's a good hand. I've only got one good hand. Um, so, with that. I think that's it. Right? No, we had Kenny Omega and Pac. Pac. Oh, that was a good match. Um, yeah, another good match between the two. Kenny going over uh, a couple of roll-ups there at the end that went back and forth, and he ended up getting the pinfall. This is Kenny's path <laughs> to redemption, so he's going to be 500 in AEW. Uh, the Dynamite Diamond Ring Final, MJF over Adam Hangman Page via pinfall. Um, Diamond Dallas Page, DDP, showed up to award the ring to MJF, and uh, he offered up his handshake, and JF ended up sticking uh, his gum in DDP's hand, and they two, the two, and Wardlow got into a little bit of a a little bit of a scrum there in the ring, but nothing too major. Um, Dustin Rhodes ended up coming out and cutting a promo, and uh, you know it was a really short short segment. Sammy Guevara, Santina, or Santana, Ortiz, they all came out. Uh, Santina, Santina, uh, the Bucks. He came faced out Nyla Rose. And that was really, yeah, that, that was really about it. So, um, uh, ratings. Ratings, ratings. So here's the thing with the ratings. I was able to find ratings about Raw. I was able to find ratings about SmackDown. But apparently NXT and AEW ratings aren't going to be released just yet because of the Why? Thanksgiving holiday. I checked a couple different websites that we normally go to unless I overlooked them. But I, I really tried to find them. And all I kept seeing was... Uh, delayed, 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 delayed. I'm so. curious if them going over on Survivor Series boosted the ratings. Because here's the thing. So Raw's ratings are like two and a half million people. And SmackDown's ratings are like two million people. And NXT, I mean, I'm just going off averages. Like that's the average, which is still low for them, but that's right. the average. Yep. Um, Or NXT... It was like eight hundred thousand people. Now, like if they did a good job, like they should be floating around too and destroying AEW. You would think. Yeah, I'm still looking, and I, I mean, I see results. You yeah, know, we can we can talk about it next week, or guess what? You can do a video tomorrow called "Next Day on Ratings." Right. Um, I would, but you can't hear me. <laughs> um, but the SmackDown ratings, uh, overnight ratings. For this week's episode, drew an average of 2.3 million viewers, which is down from last Friday's. Which is like 2.5, right? Yep, 2.5. Um, the first hour still had most of that in, in 2.3. The second hour did drop. Um, and then when you go over. Yeah, but to, people also were out late or out early, Black Friday shop. Yeah. I, I, I hate to make excuses for them, but it's like all the holiday bullshit. See, I don't think they're excuses. I think those are legitimate reasons. You know, more people are going to start. Right, but I always feel like every time they're down, I'm like, oh, well, they did have to compete with the. You know what I mean? It just feels like I'm making excuses for them. But everyone was, you know, 
five, six, seven in the morning. So by nine o'clock at night, they're sleeping or Thanksgiving was Thursday. People have family in town. Like they, there are different factors. Yeah, there that, are a lot of factors this week. Or the one week they were on FS1 because of the World Series. Like, um, shit for, sucks, but it's true. It is true. Um, for Raw this week, um, the show ended up. Where did it go? Um, they drew an average of 2.1 million viewers, which is definitely down more than 10%. That's Raw? Yep. Raw is normally floating around 2.5. Yeah. I mean, and that's low for them. 2.1. And then uh, by the end of the third hour, they dropped way down to 1.8 million, which is a 15% decrease. So uh, Raw really is the shitty brand. It's starting to seem like that. Um, you know, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Seth Rollins is apparently going to issue an apology this week on Raw. Um, I did see that. <coughs> um, we'll have to see how. You know, we didn't out. talk about we didn't talk about how. Uh, Moro Ronello was not on Survivor Series because of comments made by Corey Graves, and he deleted his Twitter. He wasn't on Survivor Series. He wasn't on NXT this week. He was. See, they were talking about him being back this week, but he wasn't back. Uh, Tom Phillips ended up filling in, and he was not on NXT. I, I haven't really heard much else aside from the, the deleting of his Twitter and from Corey Graves. I think issued an apology, but yeah, to an extent in. A Corey Graves type way. But this is my thing, and I get it. And coming from a person who has mental illness in their family, mm-hmm. I don't like and – I, and I hate to put it this way because it, it sounds like I'm part of the bullying people – but every time somebody criticizes or talks shit about Moro Ronello, mm-hmm. he goes missing. Like JBL did it a couple years ago, and he he basically quit the company. And now Corey Corey criticizes him. Now, well, he did it not too long ago too when he got into that car accident, didn't he? Wasn't he out for a couple of weeks? Who Moro Ronello? Yeah, yeah, but they, I mean, a car accident is clearly yeah. different than than this. But, like, if every time somebody takes a shot at you via social media or anything like that, if you're just going to go run and hide, you know what I mean? Like, and I, and I get it. You, you have other, other issues there that are causing you to use this type of defense mechanism. Yeah. But at the same time, like, stand up to them. Like, it's, it's like that schoolyard shit. Like, oh, you're sick of them pushing around you? Hit them in the fucking nose. Right. Like, uh, and I, maybe Morrow's not built like that, but at the same time, if if every time somebody criticizes you, you go running, you're going to get a reputation, Melt, mental illness or not. Um, and I, and again, like I have a, I have a weak spot for it because I, mm-hmm. I have it in my family. It, you know, it's just one of one of those things. But he, I, I feel like this is like what he does, and. Again, I, I can't speak to it because I, I don't know how bad his condition is. Like, I don't know if it's, sure. you know, take a couple of Zoloft and be fine or, you know, straight lithium. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> di- different different people, different things. Yep. Um, different strokes, different folks. I just don't. 
I mean, again, like, and I don't think Corey was bullying him. Corey just pointed something out and he could have went about it a different way. He could have talked to him behind closed doors. He didn't have to go to social media about it, but this is 2019. People are going to criticize you via social media all the time. No matter what. You can't just pick up your ball and run home to the safety of your home. Like stand up for yourself. Say something like. I don't know. Well, so for, and it sucks because Morrow's one of one of the top three commentators in my personal. Oh, opinion. for sure. And I think I honestly think that list is like Corey Graves, Morrow Ronello, and Nigel McGinnis. Um, well, for those of you that don't know, the the comment made by Corey Graves is um, he said, "Just for the record, guys, I know you wouldn't know it, but there's actually a WWE Hall of Famer and a former Ring of Honor champion on commentary. I'd imagine they'd have a lot to offer." Um, that was the shot that was apparently directed to Mauro Ronaldo. But there was more so talking about, like, if you've listened to Mauro call matches, like, it, he does it with a lot of energy. It's almost yeah. it, it's almost the equivalent of, like, the way Mikey opens the show. Yeah. The, he comes in with a lot of energy, and, like, he's the only one that can do it. And sometimes, because of that energy, people get lost in the shuffle or they don't do. know when to say stuff, stuff like that. So, I mean, I don't think... Do you think like that was Corey bullying? Like he was just saying, like Morrow's a big personality that kind of takes over the show. I don't think it was him being a bully. It just he's he was kind of stating a fact on something that he might not really realize. Like, Did you read his apology? So his apology, <laughs> it, uh, it it says on a personal note, I needed to address something. This past Saturday during the Takeover War Games event, I sent out a tweet. It was an unpopular opinion, as I often do with the intention of just stirring up a little controversy, maybe have something fun to talk about on TV or here on the show. It was maybe not for the mo- not the most professional way to go about things, and it was never meant to offend or disrespect or disparage anybody. That was never my intention. If it was taken as such, I apologize deeply. That was not my intention. I would never intentionally cause anybody under stress, especially a coworker. So undue stress, especially a coworker. So I apologize. He basically said that it was all playing to the whole takeover. Oh, NXT so you didn't read, read, read the first one then? No. The first one was all of that. He goes, but. At the end of the day, the truth is still the truth. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Well, like you said, you know, I do get it that Beth Phoenix and Nigel McGuinness get lost in the shuffle. First of all, Beth Phoenix is just there to for as fodder. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't have anything to drink. Um, well, no, Beth does a good job. Um uh, it's funny because I have a hard time sometimes telling the difference between her and Renee Young. Yeah. Just just, just the voice, not you know uh, what they're not say. the only one. But Beth does a good job. I think Nigel is great. Yeah. I, I, I really like Nigel's commentary. And I think Morrow's great too. And I I can see where Corey was coming from because he does get excited and he does kind of take over the show and the other two get lost in the shuffle. But now I'm looking at it like, is that is that Morrow's fault? Like, am I supposed to tone it down so they can keep you know what I mean? Like right. it, it's one of those things where well, who are you really insulting here? Them for not keeping up or him for being him? And him being him is what made him so popular and makes him one of the better announcers. Like, I do not like the announce team on Raw. No. I think Jerry Lawler needs to go 100%. Like, 
he all he's doing is replaying the same shtick he was using in the nineties. Yep. And he's one bad comment away from being cornetted. <laughs> uh, for real though, like he he's making the same like. I watch older Raws from time to time, and Jerry Lawler is making the same jokes he was making in 95 and 2019. Right. Not that they're offensive or anything. They're just not funny. Um, And then you have Vic Joseph, who reminds me of Michael Cole 2.0, because that's another one I have a heart. I'm like, is that Michael Cole? Is that Vic Joseph? I really liked when they had Samoa Joe last week on commentary. He was really good on commentary. And I, I like that. Um, he's going to be out for a couple months, so yeah. why the hell not? Put, get him TV time. Um, who's the dude with the dreads? I can't remember his name. Dio. Dio. I think he's gone. I think that was their way of taking him off TV. Yeah. Um, but I don't like, okay. I didn't like him at all. Why don't you have Tom Phillips on fucking Raw? I mean, he was on SmackDown. Okay, you want Michael Cole and Corey Graves on SmackDown for Fox or whatever. I don't mind Tom Phillips on the, on commentary at all. Why isn't he on Raw? Why is Michael Cole even still a commentator? That's true too. I and 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 it's nothing against Michael Cole. Like I grew up with Michael Cole. I used to watch them make fun of and humiliate Michael Cole. And then I watched him when he first became an announcer. He was great, but he's like the Jerry Lawler. Like eh, he kind of fell off. And I yeah. And and I, this is going to be very unpopular opinion, but I feel like Jr. shouldn't be a commentator on AEW. Of uh, maybe for special special things, but full time like they're it, it's one of those things where they're pushing that nostalgia uh-huh. because oh yeah it, oh it's Jared da 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 he can do no wrong but yes he can and he and he does yeah. like regularly and I don't I, like I love Jr. He's I easily easily as of right now the best commentator ever, but his time has passed. Like yeah. time for a new guard. Like you could, when they were doing those mashups on survivor series, I thought it was cool for two reasons. A, you got different perspectives in every match and B, they kind of move people around to see like who meshes together to see what they can work with later down the road. Yeah. And th- there was a, there was one, it was like Corey Graves, uh, Nigel McGinnis and uh, like Vic Joseph. Mm-hmm. I thought that was perfect. I thought that was fucking perfect. I do like the idea of switching things up like that. And I I agree with you to a point about JR. I think he's a little dated and he's not on top of his game as he once was. Excalibur kind of overshadows him. Right. Now, my point about JR, and it could just be until he gets used, until he gets familiar with all the talent. Like, everyone's getting mad because JR didn't know who the the Butcher and the Blade was. And, again, from my perspective is the whole work there is no one was supposed to know they were going to be there. So how is JR supposed to know who the fuck they are? Oh, no, yeah, no, I'm fine with that part of it. I um, just, you know. And then Excalibur's like, oh, that's the Butcher and that's yeah. the Blade. And, okay, cool, you know who they are, but JR doesn't. That's fine with me. Yeah. Whether, whether it was work or shoot, the, him not knowing who they were, he – he did great. And my my problems with JR is, A, I don't feel like he's doing it with the same emotion he did Raw with. Mm-hmm. Plus, I mean, you don't – in AEW right now, you don't have Rocks and Austin. You know what I mean? Like, you have very, very, very good talent, and you have some guys that are more over than others. But right now, Jericho's basically your only, like, superstar – 
And at this point, I don't even think Jericho's a superstar. Uh-huh. He's just your biggest name. Yeah. Um. So with JR, like, it's JR. So I have no doubt in my mind that it'll only get better. But as of right now, it's like, all right. I, I love when Tony's on the show. Like, the dynamic between Tony and Excalibur is not bad. Right. Um, But Tony does the thing with the Georgia Bulldogs, isn't on the show all the time, blah, blah, blah. But back to WWE, you can get rid of King. You can, you can't have, you, you get rid of King and Michael Cole and replace either of them with Vic or Tom Phillips. Yes. Because your Vic and your Tom Phillips are your Michael Cole, just younger. Yep. Um, so you put one on one show, one on the other. One with Corey Graves, put the other one with uh I don't what's with the three panel I don't know. I I mean I like the two panel better. I do too, and it's always been like that for me. I'm yeah. Big. I I mean I I don't mind a random like yeah. third, like, oh here to as a special guest to announce this match, blah blah blah. Or you get random superstar that's injured that just trying to get TV time to talk about it, you know, shit like that. But I don't know. Speaking of special guest, AEW pulled that on Wednesday during the Lucha Brothers match. They had some dude that I don't remember his name from the All Elite Fleet on the panel, and they had mentioned that Shivani wasn't there. And I'm you know like, who that was? Who? 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 All right. So, who? So, I mean, you're not going to know him by name, but that was the dude that gave us the chairs when we were uh, – Smacking the the thing, really? Uh, yeah, that's that's who runs that. Oh shit! Okay, well that's cool for us. Yeah, well, I was saying it's all like <laughs> I've shook his hand and I, yeah. you know, stuff like that. But I don't know by name. But yeah, that's who that was. That Matt, whatever. He said like four words, and to me, I don't really understand why they had him out there. It didn't really. My theory on that is they were testing. Yeah. All right, go out there and let's see what you can do, and then. Oh shit, we're on the air. Oh, I'm calling this match. Oh, Excalibur's talking to JR. You know, it's it's one of those things like pick your spots, kid. Yeah. And he just he couldn't hang. Yeah, it did not work at all. Um, yeah, but I mean, you never know unless you try. Um. Well, I think we should try and get out of here. Okay. It is uh, about one o'clock. Again, make sure you guys are going to our YouTube channel and clicking subscribe. Check out our uh, next day uh, videos that we're going to be posting this week and the ones that we've currently posted. And we've got new shirts up right now. Our new shirts have uh, the Four Horsemen and DX. Um, check them out right now. I think there's the, the sale ends tonight, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you can get 20 or 25% off. I don't remember which. Sorry. but they're, uh, And just so you know, it's the Four Horsemen and DX with their shoot names, not... Uh... Yes. So, so if you log on there, like, who the fuck are these guys? It's their actual last names, guys. Yeah. Um, but other than that, we are your ring crew. Z and Dasmarka. And I am not Nick Aldis. Wish you were. I'd have that 10 pounds of gold and Camille. 10 pounds of zinc right here. And Camille would be here. <laughs>